What was it making you think about? Oh my goodness. As if you, you're doing this again, you like went on this rant that, uh, and then you'd like drop the ball of what would, how did that make you feel? Um, I already did on Instagram. So our listeners have already heard my rant. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So I was thinking, okay. So you were thinking about why or talking about not thinking about you voiced it. Um, why do we, accept that the pain or how our horses are operating is just the way that it is in a nutshell yeah okay so that made me think about how we like we just accept uh these things and we just believe that there there's nothing else there's no other way that it could be. Wow, I am having a very difficult time pulling words out of my brain right now. <laughs> Goodness. How about you talk for a little bit? I'm going to have a sip of coffee and uh, I'm just going to hope that the caffeine starts to reignite something. Okay, well, we I kind of started on the tangent of like contrasting something negative with something positive like that instance that we tend to only realize sometimes how bad something was when we end up in a very different scenario um, or vice versa so and I mean if you haven't listened to the rant I went on about like riding as a toxic relationship um, it's on my Ridewell's Instagram but that's essentially what I was getting at in that without the awareness and we talk about this in almost every episode but without the awareness of ourselves and being having the ability to check in with ourselves and see how a situation a person a horse uh, a ride is actually making us feel um we lose the ability to understand any contrasts that come up so the rant that i went on was all around riders when they work with me tend to say a really common statement in that oh man i feel so strong now that I'm doing this, I feel so connected to my body while I'm doing this. And yes, that is amazing to hear and that's so exciting. But to me, it brings up the point of, well, what was your normal before this? Like this still isn't your normal. So what is like, what is this contrasting? If you feel so good right now and we're just working, starting to work on things, what was your contrast before this? What are we contrasting that against? Do you know, do you have an awareness of how things felt before? And then I compared it to that instance where like being in, if you were in a relationship, um, friendship or otherwise with another person and you left every interaction in that relationship feeling crappy or feeling um, like there was no value coming out of it and that you were only putting energy into it, not receiving anything in return. Um, that is not a healthy thriving relationship that in many standpoints is a toxic relationship so that it brings up the, the connection to if you have that awareness and you can say well after a ride I don't feel good I I'm frustrated maybe I have some anxiety coming up maybe I feel like I need to control something around me maybe my body hurts my body doesn't feel connected and I don't feel connected into my body um, those are all things those are all almost warning signs that we need to pay attention to if we're going to build on them because okay so sorry 
I, um, my brain is operating again. Um, (laughs) so what this makes me think of is we don't know what we don't know. And if we don't even know anymore what it feels like to feel good, and we don't even know what it feels like anymore um, to have a connection with a horse, how is somebody supposed to get back to that when they don't remember, when they don't even, um, they don't have that memory in their body for what that feels like? How are you supposed to get back to that when you don't know? Yeah, exactly. Um, no, that was a question. No, but I'm like going, I'm like going. Deflecting again. Because <laughs> if we don't know, yeah, you're right. So like, and because I've had people ask me that too, like what, because um, people are like, well, I don't know, like, well, I don't know if I feel anything after a ride. And that to me is another big warning sign. Um, because we, sh- like I said earlier, we should have the ability to connect into our experience at any given moment and actually, you know, it's, go ahead. It, it, it's very easy for you and I to say that, like, it, it's very easy for us to say, well, this is what it should feel like. And this is how you get it because we, we like, we practice this and um, we've developed this over time, but I want you to go back to when you didn't know this because and then on top of that there's things that it's obviously there's things that you and I don't know right now and we're potentially we're missing out on a feeling that we have not yet reached because we don't know what we don't know oh. so the, uh, like this is very my brain is literally a ball of tangled up yarn right now um really what it is um <laughs> Fair, fair. Um, so I'll do this in two steps. So yes, you're right. It's easy for you and I to sit here and say, well, you just need to get, get more awareness. And we've gone over many ways to develop that awareness. So we're going to skip that step for now. The way that I would look at it, because a lot of people are looking at this, well, like, I don't feel like I have any problems. So like, whatever. Or they're like, well, exactly. How do I know what I need to be aware of if I don't know? what's what's wrong and what's whatever right I don't have that awareness or why should I be concerned about this so one of the ways I've learned to look at it is if something something keeps happening over and over and over again to you um, and it could be something like uh, you just keep getting injured and you can't seem to recover and you recover from one thing but then all of a sudden some other seemingly uncontrollable thing happens to you and all of a sudden you're back to square one with another injury. Um, it could be something like your horse keeps going lame and over and over and over again, you fix one lameness and then that's not a sentence that makes any sense, but you fix whatever it is or they get better. And then all of a sudden, like a month later, something else comes up or they have some other issue that prevents you from getting anywhere. Um, or it could be you keep getting your car broken into or things keep happening to you financially that don't seem to make sense. You just can't seem to get ahead over and over and over again, seemingly irrationally, seemingly uncontrollably. The way I've started to look at those kind of things, it's kind of like you have to look for, before you can even have an awareness of something you don't know, it's like you start noticing these patterns in your life that don't, that almost seem like they're outside of your control. 
it's almost like things just keep happening to you you're a victim of these things and you don't know how like you just get stuck in this this pattern with them am i making sense perfect uh before you said pattern i was like sitting here going pattern 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 <laughs> say it's a pattern it's a pattern <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a pattern. These like patterns that happen in our lives that aren't serving us. Because there's a, like we as humans with nervous systems, like we're always seeking out patterns. And this is like trauma rehab 101. The nervous system will continuously repeat a pattern, especially if there's been a trauma. It'll keep repeating that in one way or another until it's allowed to resolve that trauma until it allows, it's allowed to go through a full process with that trauma but until then it'll keep repeating and repeating and repeating um stress and anxiety is a really good example of this um depression in many cases is an example of this where we just can't seem to break out of the cycle of worry and um, fatigue and that kind of thing it's because our body is literally like nope not today and it's it's repeating some cycle that's um a result of something that's happened in the system that hasn't been allowed to allowed to fully process or hasn't been given a voice so to speak can i tell a story are you there yeah i'm here please tell a story okay okay um i don't want to like interrupt but it it goes along with this and it's a good example and then you can add later. So once upon a time, uh, like two days ago, I was working on a horse and this horse is a really good example of exactly what we're talking about and getting out of those patterns. Um, he's a big guy, um, had been on the track and after his track career, um, anybody who has an off the track thoroughbred knows that uh, a gelding, has no value really after their track career um they can't breed it doesn't like it really doesn't matter how good they were uh they can't do anything so this guy it sounded like he kind of bounced around um i was watching him walk and he couldn't walk functionally like it it wasn't necessarily a soundness issue because everything was wrong about it um it was just everything in his entire body and I, so then I started to um, go to his body to try to figure out where is this stemming from? Like, where, where do you start when everything is wrong? Um, so everything hurt. Uh, you couldn't touch him with your hands. The weight of your hand was too much for him. Um, he'd been... Uh, like he was being used for riding, but it wasn't going well um, because everything hurt in this horse's body. So when I was trying to help, like just help the fascia rehydrate, like just as something, I was touching his hair, literally just trying to open some things up. That was too much for him. And not only that though, he didn't want to let go of all of that because that was his defense. That pain, he was holding on to that pain and he was holding on to all of that tension because that was his defense for everything that had happened in his life. So this horse was living in this state of 
complete um like mental physical everything would just have been painful um his stomach has problems like that everything everything is going on with this guy and it's all he has to hold on to it's the only thing that makes sense to him the very thought of letting go of any of that is too scary for him because he doesn't know what's on the other side he no longer remembers what it feels like to experience somebody loving him or feeling good or enjoying something um like eating is probably painful for the guy so the people that are with him now love him and are trying to help this horse get through this like he's very obviously a rehab horse at this point um but in working with him it reminded me of how we get stuck in these patterns because we believe that we need these patterns to fight the outside world without these patterns we're left weak and we're exposed and um like we need them we hold on to them so when i was i i had to, to actually take a step back because i was like okay this horse this horse is a fabulous lesson um, and I was actually asking for a horse like that because I, I was like, I, keep, I need to push myself a little bit harder. I need to go deeper. Um, and I, when I was working with him, I was like, okay, perfect. None of my techniques are going to work with this horse. I, I can't use massage. I can't use acupressure. I can't use cranial sacral. I can't use myofascial release. Like I can't use anything on this horse because I would have to touch him. So I got thinking about it and I was like, okay. I'm just going to stand with him and I'm going to throw as much love and gratitude as I can at him. And I'm just going to hold his heart chakra. That's it. So that's what I did. Like I, I just stood with him and then I had the young lady holding him do the same thing and just told her to just stand. And no matter what he did, instead of reacting, what is what he was expecting and what he wanted to happen, because that made sense to him. I said, you're not going to react. You're not going to reprimand him. Um, you're not even going to get upset. If he is pissing you off, I want your instant reaction to be how much you care about this horse. And if you can't come up with anything, you're going to think about how pretty his hair coat is, how pretty his hair is, um, like his mane and tail, like how bright and brown his eyes are, like come up with something positive and that's what you're going to throw at that horse. And he stood. And he just stood there. Um, it wasn't for very long, but he stood and he started to kind of lick and chew and drop his head. And for a split second, he let himself relax because you could like in that moment, he was like, this is different. And I kind of like how this feels. It was a moment. And then he snapped out of it because he was like, nope, I just let my guard down. I've, I've opened myself up for something negative to happen because it's very obvious this horse has had, like his life has been shit. Um, so that, when I met that horse and it really got me thinking about exactly what we're talking about and exactly what you were talking about in your Instagram post of those uh, toxic relationships, we don't even know we're in them and we think that we're safer having that toxicity in our life totally because that's been at a certain point that becomes our like it's a survival mechanism because we yeah believe that that's what's 
surviving us and that's the energy that we're used to and, and that's just what our normal is and again from a from a trauma perspective from a nervous system perspective it's the same thing in that the if if we end up in a state for whatever reason of that fight or flight response that ready to react that very reactive type response or setting in the nervous system um, if we aren't given the opportunity to process through that and return the nervous system back to its rest and digest setting which is our baseline setting which is what we should be operating in pretty much most of the time um, the body is just it's almost it creates this vicious cycle where it's like oh we're stressed and we're reactive we there's obviously something we need to be stressed and reactive about this our bodies and our brains i said this i think in the last episode we're essentially antennas like we're always scanning our environments and scanning our surroundings and and when you take that in perspective if you're somebody who for whatever reason has gotten stuck in this highly reactive highly stressed state on a very unconscious level like straight up down to your biology or nervous system not only that is a, that's hugely affecting your health all across the board but it's also and this is this is literal science it's sending it's it's attracting in things of the same vibration to you so yes i can just repeat that for a second because i that takes sometimes that takes a bit to really sink in yeah so if you're in this highly reactive stressed state which is a very negative vibration state for the body on a on a physical level like when you look at physics of the body um that's how the nervous system is sending out its kind of signals and and um based on the signals that we send out into our environments that is what we're going to attract back in like attracts like um so stress negative is going to equal stressing and negative situations coming towards you and possibly reoccurring traumas coming towards you because you're stuck in this loop of whatever trauma set you on this system and got you stuck there um so until that is resolved you're going to be continuously attracting things that perpetuate that cycle into your life and that's a, a good example of this and this is actually a mini challenge. I'm putting out a mini challenge in the middle of an episode. This has never been done before. Uh, this is episode 20. We're getting wild. Um, when you go out in public and you're just walking around and like maybe not so much in the downtown core of most cities could you get away with this, but you can definitely get away with it in small towns, especially in rural Canada. Smile at strangers and see what happens or when you're going through a checkout be friendly and polite to the cashier like just those little tiny things when you throw that positivity at somebody else i like it always gets reciprocated people will smile back they have no idea why but they're just instantly they smile back that cashier that like had kind of a sour look on her face because the last 10 people were dicks you smile and are friendly and have started a conversation, it'll shift and change her mood instantly. Instantly. His. And this, instantly. you asked earlier, how do you figure out what to be aware of? If you're going into those situations and you're noticing in just an everyday life that people are, they're being dicks to you or they're cutting you off or the cashier isn't smiling at you and they're kind of being a little bit like standoffish and, and rushing the process through, you can use other people as a mirror for what's going on inside yourself. 
Well, good. That nicely done. <laughs> Bam. Yes. So you can flip this all around. So if you're noticing all like, oh, the world is like everything exterior in your environment is just being a dick today. Well, maybe take a second and reflect on that and be like, okay, well, why is that happening? What's going on inside of me for that to be reflected? Because everything in this world is a reflection. Everything. And it could be your horse maybe is a little bit less receptive that day. Well, why are they being less receptive today? What, take yourself through your day, through your internal landscape of the day and uh, check in. Maybe your coach is being a little bit harder on you that day, or um, they're, they're seemingly throwing out more criticism than construction your way. Um, why is that? Like, what is going on for you to perceive that to be what's coming back at you? Because you can have somebody go into the same situation and, or you can have two people go into the exact same situation. They're going to come out of it having different reactions to what just occurred. So what's happening to you is not necessarily um, what's influencing you. It's usually the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's exactly right. And it's the same when you're working with your horse, it's actually, um, I don't even know if there's a number, I was going to say quadrupled, but I don't think that's enough uh, when you're working with your horse because your horse's survival is based on their awareness of their surroundings and the energy that's going on around. So when you're approaching that horse with um, that, uh, like any sort of, I don't want to use the word negative um, energy or negative emotion, um, unfavorable sort of energy or emotion is coming off of you that is that's going to be reflected with the horse right away because that they're picking up on that and then they are uh, reacting to that environment so it's just the same as um I had a really awesome conversation the other day and uh, a lady asked me um when she is working with her horse she jumps at every little noise because she thinks that her horse is going to spook and I said to her well you just need to do some inner work because it's all that's coming from you. And she just right away, she was like, Oh my goodness, that's exactly what I need to be doing. It, the horse wasn't spooking and causing the lady to react. The lady was reacting and then the horse was reacting. And that had been a cycle that had been going on for years. So it, the horse was just, showing up for the conversation and then we get upset that they showed up for the conversation that they actually they started acting or reacting to what we were putting out there that that's what we're all working towards like every single person that's saying I want to have a deeper connection with my horse I want to be able to do this with my horse but he keeps spooking the horse showed up you just didn't even notice because you weren't aware of what you were throwing out there yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I feel like our challenge is like the mini challenge. I feel like that's actually quite a big challenge for people. <laughs> Perhaps. I just, my mini challenge is just start smiling at people and being nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, then the spinoff I added is maybe a second mini challenge, which they equal a bigger half challenge. I don't know. Um, Oh, it's going to become infectious. We are going to start an infection of Canadianism. It's going to start, and people are just going to start smiling at one another and being nice. 
and kind of being Canadian and like opening doors and maybe like what what's it called when you buy the coffee for the person behind you and the Tim's line? Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Thank you. Um, that's how it's going to start. And then the infection is slowly going to spread until Americans are starting to do it. And it'll be very surprising for a lot of people. Yeah. And then who knows what will happen. People might be nice to one another. Shocking. Do you think it's possible? I feel like we were talking about this a little bit <laughs> in a previous episode. I can't remember who was the last one or the one before, but we were talking about how, like, maybe it wasn't in this podcast at all. I don't know. But um, doing this sort of work where you develop the awareness and you start just noticing maybe where you need that awareness, because you started this off by asking, well, like, how how do you even like know like why is this something I should care about and like I mean short answer to that is because it affects your entire life but long answer to that <laughs> that was the short answer that was the short answer um, <laughs> the long answer but because we're just everything around us is just reflecting our inner landscape and it's the same for every other person on this earth um I was also thinking about this the other day, how, side, Canadian story, side note, how humans, we're the only animal on this planet that considers itself exterior from nature. Have you noticed that? Like we sit in my living room looking out at the birds through a glass plane. But more than that, like we actually, we separate ourselves so much from nature that we consider ourselves like the controller of nature versus just a part of nature and like it could not be more the opposite like we are still just animals like yes we have these houses and we have these cars to transport us around and we we use other animals to do all these things and actually when you were going over your story about this horse you just worked on my question kept popping into my head around like do you think that horse would have the same issues if it was a horse in the wild even having gone through everything if it had been released into a whatever the best situation is for a wild situation and being completely immersed back into its in quotations, natural state, do you think it would have the same problem? It would have been eaten by a wolf very quickly. <laughs> no, it's like you yeah. watch the horse and you could see that it was, the, it was the easy prey. <laughs> it was, okay. Sorry. No, I'll take your question seriously. <laughs> um. <laughs> You're not incorrect, but like, <laughs> he might have been eaten by a coyote actually like the coyote would have taken him on um so that horse going back into nature I think what would happen is he would have realized his own strength a lot sooner because that was one of the things that um was when I was working with him I was really trying to convey to him is that inner strength like he no longer had a spark in his eye and so he no longer had the confidence in himself to even find that um, that better place. Um, he was just so deep within. So a lot of like the work that I ended up doing with him was just like just bringing that out again. Like, you know, you have an inner light and it's still there. There's still that inner spark. We need to bring that out because it, it, if I don't have that inner spark, I'm not going to be able to help him reactivate um, the vitality of his spinal cord. And that is what has caused that horse to break down so much. Like you're talking about the nervous system a lot, but if you have no vitality left in the spinal cord, you 
have nothing left. And like, you can look at it from a Western standpoint. You can look at it from an Eastern standpoint. If, if you don't have that functioning, you don't have that flow going through the body, you, you're dying. Like, I mean, and as soon as we're born, we're dying, but you're literally accelerating um, the path to your death um, because that, if that lack of vitality. So I think in answering your question, he wouldn't have needed me to reignite that spark. He would have been able to reignite that spark because that first night in the wild when that lame coyote tried to chase him, there would have been just enough left for him, his survival to kick in. And after running away from that first coyote, his confidence would come up that little bit higher and he would start thinking, okay, no, I can do this. And every little thing that happened in the wild would help to, to reignite that. When they're with humans, we, we do this thing and we think that we're doing the right thing. And um, I've done this so many times and I've, I've seen other trainers, horse people look at me like, what the hell is she doing? When I have a horse that um, it has come from a bad situation, I don't reprimand them. So I like Mingus is a good example of this. He, like, he just didn't know his own self. He didn't know his own confidence. So there was times when, yeah, he would get a little bit pushy. And instead of me getting my anger up and right away saying that's unacceptable and pushing him away and getting mad at him because that's what he expected. And if I have, had done exactly what he had expected, then I wouldn't have been able to get to him again because he would be like, perfect. You just like the others. I know exactly how to deal with you. Yeah. Instead, I took a step back and I was like, you know what? I have a bubble. You have a bubble. This is my bubble. And I don't really need you in it. So instead we did something like, okay, we're just going to lunge for a little bit. I just need to reconfirm to you where my bubble is. And by, I took the anger out of it, the reaction out of it. Um, and the horse, yeah, it takes a lot longer because he's having to work through things. But it was like how you're talking about earlier, by doing it that way. Um, oh, no, I can't remember how you worded it. Do you remember how you worded it? Oh, like the like the it becomes a survival mechanism, and then the reconditioning of it, like getting out of the survival me mechanism. Yeah, yeah. So like, like reframing it essentially. I think is what you're trying to say, and then like building that contrast on it. And then I'm not exactly sure what you're trying to say. Sorry, I was distracted. Now I can't think. Um, but I mean, okay. no, sorry, I completely, I, are you there? I'm here. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay. So I will um, okay, with, so what, with some things I was thinking of while you're saying all that, because we started with like, what would happen if okay. that was just place back in the wilderness and like into a natural scenario and essentially was forced to go back to their animal level yes because i feel like when, and it, 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 sorry i'll get this thought out when we get involved we let emotion get involved and when we let emotion get involved 
I think it's very difficult for a horse to move past some things because we're constantly um, pushing them down again. Yeah, we're treating an emotion versus recognizing the natural process of how the nervous system actually functions. So, and this is where I was hoping you were going to go with this so I could build on it with this. When an animal's in the wild, and I've said this before, and they're faced with something that puts them into that fight or flight response, their nervous system's into that fight or flight response, that fight or flight response obviously has a good purpose. It helps them survive through whatever that situation is. So if this horse being yes. chased a coyote, it helps that horse get away and defend itself from that coyote. But the difference being in the wild, in a very natural scenario, the way the nervous system processes things, once we go through that experience, that traumatic experience, or an animal goes through that traumatic experience, it yes. literally discharges that energy from the system. So yeah. That in terms of shaking, tremoring, um, and like the whole body just kind of sh literally shakes it out. For humans, that manifests in things like crying, that um, not uh, a biological shock response, but a psychogenic shock response where you're, you're maybe fainting or that kind of thing, but not that severe, but um, blood pressure changes, shaking happens, crying happens, a little bit of a panicky feeling happens. People, that's where usually people get stuck at with both animals and humans, because we see that at first glance as a very bad thing and we try and manage it and suppress it because in our management of it, we end up suppressing it. And that's where that system gets stuck. We create a little like dam in the yes. nervous system that says, well, we can't discharge this energy. So where is, where is this energy gonna go? And then the energy becomes a threat to our system and it puts us back into the fight or flight response and the cycle continues. But in the wild- And then it, it doesn't allow that reset to happen. It doesn't allow the reset. And so then we don't get access back into our rest and digest system. And if we do, it's a very short-lived access, just like you said with that horse, because it doesn't feel like a safe place for us. And the nervous system and our brains are always looking to create safety and security in our bodies and in our environment. So if they do not perceive safety, they're gonna be putting us into the fight or flight response to protect ourselves from a perceived threat. It, it's staying in um, limbo all the time. Yeah, all the time. Um, yeah. And you're always gonna be attracting something that might re-trigger that response to help you release it. But until you actually get to a point where you can release that response um, through, through however, whatever method that may be, but discharge the system from that response, then you're going to be continuously attracting cycles of that until you can. Um, because, yeah, in the wild, like, that's what happens, that that response gets discharged and dealt with and released from the system. And then the being the animal returns back to its baseline state. Um, and remains there until it needs out of necessity to go back into a fight or flight survival mode. So what we're trying to say here is that um, you don't need to turn your horse out into the wild to help fix it. Um, <laughs> nor do you need to go into the wild to help fix it. it, it it's it's doing things in a healthy way. Like it, you can't, you can't fix abuse by continuing to abuse. Um, wow. You can't fix starvation by continuing to starve. Um, you, you have to allow that, like what you were saying, you have to go back to that place where that, that horse can reset um, or that human can reset. And that is 
allowing them to feel or helping them to feel what a reset feels like and I mean, go for it because I feel like the way this is I, I feel like people are going to take from this oh well we have to go through some big release of all these things well how do I do that and I think sometimes it's less of a having to go through this big process of releasing and whatever and it's more of getting to a point where you can actually acknowledge where something is coming um, and often I like, I just to go on that. I like that. Um, because it is, it's figuring out where that is coming from. So when you're working with that horse that is having that trouble, like where with this specific horse, it, it's mistrust is where it's coming from. And so he needs to relearn how to trust. And you know what, for a lot of people, it's the exact same thing. It's mistrust. I don't trust my horse because one time he bucked me off. Yeah. I don't trust people because five people from the ages of six to 16 treated me like crap. Um, like it, there, there's so many so, cycles that we get stuck in. To build on that, because something like mistrust that can cover a lot of things. So at a baseline mistrust. That's why I used it. <laughs> um, but it's, it's at a baseline, it's essentially fear, um, which yep. means a lot of things. And I heard a really good, have you watched the heel documentary yet? Like I told you to. No, everybody's been telling me to, I don't know when I have time to be like sitting around watching Netflix, sipping on margaritas. I don't uh, know why I'd be, because it would, it would help me to to not trust or never mind I was going to go in a different direction keep talking keep talking there's a phrase in there I forget who said it but some doctor or whatever was talking about something and they said like every one of us has well, in some hold up the power went out uh, I have to go like literally go yeah I, I have to go there's no power here I have to go help my dad fix it ah <sighs> Okay. This is why I don't have time to watch Netflix. <laughs> okay. Well, we will pause this and pick this back up. All right. And I am going to think about what sort of energy I'm putting out there. Think about that. Think about that. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone. So unfortunately Sarah had to take off early due to some issues or things she had to get done um, due to the power going out at her farm, which means we had to cut that episode short. So consider that part one, very suspenseful, suspenseful end to part one. We will continue that episode next week. For now, please take into consideration the challenges that we laid out throughout the episode and let us know how those go for you because I think it could be a very interesting exercise for a lot of you to go through and uh, begin developing an awareness but also just seeing where maybe some patterns are in your life that uh, may or may not be serving you. Uh, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Ridewell Performance as well as Southwell Equine Services. And this has been Your Horse is Not the Problem with Sarah and Kat, and we look forward to continuing talking to you at a later date. Have a good one.